Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Boots and Backstraps podcast. Brought to you by Homes by Shane and produced by Danny Geo Productions. Come on now. Honey's on looking for backstraps way deep in the woods. Tracking in a swamp to a hayfield under the harvest moon. When the tags are filled, it's time to switch up our boots. Head down to the honky tonk, get us a swing dance or two. We're talking about boots and backstraps. Hey everybody, this is a show where we talk all things hunting and country music. From the classics through today. From big bucks to bull elk. We've got it all. Tom, it's like it's your first episode. <laughs> Gotta wait a second and then we can talk. <laughs> I just wanted to get it out. There. You're so excited. It's like Christmas excited. morning for you every time we film an episode of Boots and Backstraps. I know, and one of my best old friends is on the show tonight. So uh, we're not there excited. yet, Tom. We're not there. You're too excited. Can you, uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome you... to Boots and Backstraps. <laughs> it's my first episode with my friend over there. <laughs> has no idea what he's doing. Uh, TK, come I'm not, on now. I'm not even going to give you all the glory of the handsome and the talented and the experience. Now, now we're, we're off script. <laughs> Just Here us. I am with boots and backstrap and my bonehead friend. Yeah, there it is. TK, <laughs> welcome to the show. Speaking of boneheads. <laughs> uh, uh, how have you been, my man? I'm great. I actually am just wonderful. I'm having a great day and kind of excited for our show tonight because an old friend of mine's on. Yeah. Uh, we've had a fair amount of old friends, but this one goes back many, many years with many, many stories. But we'll get to him in a minute. He's your old friend, and he's also your old friend. Well, <laughs> I tell you what, talk about old. Holy yeah. cow. <laughs> you can't say anything yet. Boy, oh, yeah, yeah he, no, he, he can talk. Uh, he just hasn't been introduced yet. But I will say this. Um, as a quick, there's two things I want to get to really quick before we start, TK. Okay. The first of which is, um, for those that are watching this podcast, this episode will have graphic language. Like we're just, we're throwing that out there right now. So if you if you are of you know underage or you're sensitive to language or you know that kind of thing is just not your jam, then this is not the episode for you. We are gonna. We need to do the some, old rowdy cowboy show disclaimer. This is a disclaimer. If you get, ladies and gentlemen, if you get offended easily or you're a little sensitive, you might not want to hang out. You want to go next door. Yep. Right. Exactly. Uh, we're gonna keep it. Find another spot to hang out today. I'll work on it there. Yeah. <laughs> we'll keep it clean. Yeah. Well, no, no, we won't. As clean as we can. Yeah. Like, we'll say it's going to be clean, but it just, that's inevitably we'll end up saying something, and then it's just easier if we throw the disclaimer and out. And it's now. not our fault. It's our guest. If we, Ooh. He can't control himself, <laughs> you know. No filter. That's fine. Uh, that, that's that, right. That's several years of hanging out with people like you, I think, TK. Uh, you know, that's real true with a lot of people, but not with this one. <laughs> He's all on his own. Yes. Um, he, the had other, his, he had his bad habits before he met me. <laughs> all right. Uh, the other thing I was going to mention is we should point out our brand new carving over here. It's got our logo on it. Yeah. So uh, we're working with a uh, local company that's called I Can Only Be Me Wood Carving, owned by a gentleman named Josh Knutson. And uh, he goes by Scarecrow. That's kind of like his nickname. Everybody knows him as Scarecrow. 
and uh, he does these custom wood carvings and he did this one for us and he's going to be partnering with boots and backstraps and we'll be doing some giveaways for these free custom wood carvings so somebody's got a you know they want to put something special on anniversary date or birthday date or their family names or whatever he can do everything he's doing a lot of flags he's doing a lot of military tribute stuff um, he's doing sports logos and things like that but he did this very nice um, carved painted burned and a lacquered lacquered yeah epoxied lacquer sounds good lacquer um boots and back straps carving so lacquer in the front and poker in the rear oh here we go see we gave the disclaimer <laughs> We threw the disclaimer it's a out card there. game. It is. Yeah. Yeah. All right, TK. So speaking of uh, potential sponsors and such, yeah. uh, um, I would like to tell the folks that uh, in the next couple of weeks, you know, I think next week, it is next week, we're going to have Michael Jordan on. Mm-hmm. Michael Jordan, not the basketball player. This is this a tall, be, yeah. skinny white kid. He's actually my godson, and uh, he owns Unreal, who uh, if you turn your hat – he has clothing line. He has actually a couple of NFL teams, half a dozen NHL teams, and his company's growing leaps and bounds. And he's just a great kid. And uh, I took him on his first turkey hunt last year. And we just have so much to talk about with him. And Michael, in turn, introduced me to a new up and coming superstar of country music, uh, David McElroy. And David McElroy used to play for the Minnesota Gopher football team. He and I spoke for, well, we spoke for about an hour yesterday on the phone, and he's so excited. Uh, How many times did you nod off in the conversation? Oh, none, none. <laughs> it was a fun, because not only were we talking about country music and the WeFest, mm-hmm. which I am become a part of again, um, we talked about hunting. He's got his own hunting show now. Jeez. He's developing his own hunting show. As a matter of fact, today he left for Idaho for a spring bear hunt, and... At any rate, uh, he's going to be on one of the next episodes, uh, one of the up-and-coming episodes, I should say. So I'm really excited about that. He's got a song that made the top 20, which is called Trucker's Hat or Trucker Hat. And uh, it's uh, he's just doing well. He was opening for guys like Heath Urban. I watched a video of his recently when yeah. you were talking about him. He's got a bright future ahead of him. Oh, my gosh. He's very good looking guy and uh just totally down to earth you know like a lot of the country acts are but anyway he's from minnesota and he always wanted to play the we fest and when he came when he was up and coming you know the other people that had bought the we fest you know they didn't take an interest in anybody locally yeah uh they did everything from new york and now that uh our friends have it back Mm -hmm. well we're definitely going to get him on the list he was just bummed that no one would ever Get him on. I said, well, maybe it was just as well because the Wii Fest is going to be huge again. Yeah. Like it used to be. Back to the glory days, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, they did it. I will say, not to stroke your ego because you definitely don't need any more of that, but they made a smart move in bringing you back because it just (laughs) didn't feel like it was the same without you there. Well, thanks. I appreciate it. You know, it was like 35 years. uh, It always feels like home to me up there. So it's very weird for the artists the last six or seven years to go out there and be intro and not have you there. to. They weren't even intro. They didn't even up. have an MC. Oh, boy. Jeez. And this Brutal. year, the the head MC is kind of fun. It's going to be uh, Kelly Pickler, right? Kelly Pickler. Which Kelly is Pickler. crazy. And she's, you know, she's uh, she's not your straight down the middle of the road sort of gal. She's, she's a spitfire, right? She's a spitfire. She's a riot. 
So uh, that'll be fun. I'll be working with her, and then I'll be uh, introducing some of the regional and uh, Nashville acts on the Barnhouse stage. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be a fun, uh, fun deal. Lynn was going to produce the stage, but uh, they Matt didn't realize they had already hired a stage producer. Okay. So we get to relax a little bit, hang sure. out in the campgrounds with friends and. It's a good way to break back in slowly. You know, it's always been a dream of mine to go to the Wee Fest and enjoy it rather than working I, there. I totally thought you were going to say, it's always been a dream of mine to literally die while I'm announcing George Strait at the Wee Fest. I'm like, <laughs> that's my dream too, Tom. We share that dream. Well, I can one-up you on that deal. He did come up. He walks after his last time I, uh, we had George Strait. Yeah. He walked straight over to me and shook my hand. And says, you know, Tomcat, I'd like to come back. But I was like a little dumbfounded. I was like, well, I, I said. This is a question? <laughs> I said, you don't have to twist my arm very hard. Yeah. But right. then we sold the show. and Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't think George Strait's been at the Wee Fest in the, within the last seven years. After Not in the time. It. I've never seen him at Wee Fest. And I went for. <clears throat> Pat, have you seen him? We got Cowboy Pat Studio. Well, how many a, years uh, did you go after uh, I retired? Zero. Oh. The last time I went was last year you emceed. Okay, uh, so I'm wondering if anyone knows whether or not he was there. I don't think he was. Pat, did you go there once in a while? And for those of you that are wondering who the heck we're talking to, that's Cowboy Pat. He's a little off stage, but we can't bring him on camera. Yeah, I actually just said that. I said he's here to heckle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, what they couldn't hear him saying because he's off mic is that he's been going since 96. So he's got 27 oh, okay. years or 25 years. <clears throat> nice. Yeah. Yeah. George Strait's uh, <clears throat> my hero. Your hero. He is the king of country music. King, he's the king. I mean, he's a hunter. He's got a beautiful horse ranch down in Texas. And he's just the guy I want to emulate. I think a lot of us would like to emulate. He's a good all-American class act. Well, before we burn too many uh, miles of tape on this thing, speaking of guys yep. that love country music and hunting, we got somebody sitting on the sofa over here that probably has a few things to say on both those subjects. We better get something going on with him because pretty soon he's going to sink so far into that thing we won't see him anymore. He might just fall asleep over there. <laughs> I know. He's looking at me going, wake me up when you're ready for me. <laughs> for those of you that have uh, been to the Hog's Breath, and I know a lot of you have, uh, you probably will re recognize this guy. I mean, he, he's like the face of the hog's breath. Uh, he's got several nicknames. Uh, we've always known him as Big Steve. but uh, That we'll was get, your generation. Yeah, we'll get into some of the other nicknames. I know Cowboy Pat has a few names for him uh, that are probably X-rated. Anyway, <laughs> it's, it's great to have you here, Steve, and I'm not going to make a big, huge, prolonged introduction but this is big one of my steve best friends in the world in studio big steve thanks brother anyone that's ever been to the hog's breath you've probably been either carted by him or kicked out by him <laughs> <laughs> if you're unruly maybe both or, yeah and if you're a female well we better not go there <laughs> that was the old days yeah so steve we we got to talk about you a lot and being synonymous with the hog's breath being there literally since day one being one of the original owners of the Hog's Breath. Yep. And then, as you and I talked about before we started the show, there was a whole lot that was said by Tommy DeRay 
that you were not there to defend, yeah. or I should say to either confirm or deny. Right. Tonight is your chance, brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there was, that was a fun deal with Tom DeRay. And for those of you that are wondering who that is, he's the sole owner of the uh, Hogs Breath and has been for many, many years. But uh, it wasn't always the case when we uh, first opened up the Hogs Breath, right. which was 1977. And uh, I came on board in 1978. And, uh, <laughs> well, uh, we can cover that at another time, but... Yeah, Steve, Steve, pull that microphone a little tighter to your face he's, there. And, he's good. And uh, Let's, how have you been, man? Real good. How about you? And that's, uh, I'm real good. And for Steve to say he's real good, uh, I guess we may as well get right into it. He's had a major, major, major operation here in recent history, like in the last few months. Uh, life-saving. Life-saving. He's been on dialysis now for how many years? Uh, about five. About five years. Mm -hmm. I mean, he'd have to go to the hospital and what did they why don't you explain what the dialysis was and how often you had to have it yeah three days a week i'd have to go in at 5 30 in the morning i get done about 10 30 in the morning uh-huh and they stuck needles that are this long in these bumps oh yeah and they don't go away but uh after 10 years i got a new kidney and i'm praise god mm -hmm. um feeling great so um and high blood pressure is what got me and got the kidney. Uh -huh. So I say to all my friends, make sure you check your blood pressure because mine was 260 over 160. That's a lot. And the doctors thought my eyeballs were going to pop out of my head. <laughs> and I didn't even know I was sick. So Wow. Yeah, so be careful with that. Uh, blood pressure is a silent killer. Yeah. Well, I, I think the, the, one of the things, Steve, that people will relate to with you is you had sort of a stressful life from what yeah. I know. You yeah. had yourself in a kind of a lot of stressful situations. And so you probably didn't know that anything was different, right? Right. I didn't. And 43 years in the bar business, mm -hmm. I've been, uh, you know, in, you know, four or 500 people a night we usually go through. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's a lot of people and a lot of incidents that I had to take care of. So that raised my blood pressure too high. Sure. Yeah, he was uh, our official uh, security guard, master of security at the Hogs Breath, and uh, had to break up a lot of issues. You know, I mean, the Hogs Breath had uh, many years of uh, yeah. calamity, but started out as a biker bar back in the 70s, and, mm -hmm. uh, and then that resolved itself, I think, in large part due to you, and yeah. cleaned it up. And we had a pretty normal place, but, you know, with that many people every night and a little drinking going on, and, uh, tempers will rise, and Steve had to clear out and straighten out uh, an awful lot of conflicts over the years, and some of them he probably created on his own. I did. <laughs> it, it's good of you admit it, though. <laughs> uh, Steve didn't get the memo about boots and backstraps. Yeah. Being a cowboy boots uh, affair, and look hey, at them Jesus legs. rocked the sandals. I think I can too. That's right. He's good. He's my friend. That's right. That's right. So, Steve, had you been to the Hog's Breath as far as the physical location before you guys bought it? No, I hadn't. I was in California, and Tom came back and with Dave, and they decided they found a place, and then I yeah. flew in on a Saturday night. And at 10 o'clock, I walked in, and there's 
one bar down the other end and a couple winos sitting there. Hey, Jill, yeah. can we get an assist on his headphones over here? The guy's just, he has like a football helmet for a head. Well, anyway, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> you see, he held it. He held is. it. So anyway, I, I said, what in the world do we spend our money on? And then we went to um, Berkeley Chev or Berkeley yeah. Buick or whatever. Anyway, they uh, leased us a video or a DJ system, and that's all it took. We were packed with a line out the door two months after we started. But the first night we did it, we had to take money out of our pockets to fill the till so we could sell a drink. <laughs> and then it was busy from then on. Just got on a roll and just kept going? No, it did. It, yeah, was, it was a good life. A lot of roughness, but a good life. Yeah, the <laughs> Cowboy yeah. Pat's over there quoting on, uh, talking about how the line used to go from the door all the way around the building yeah. down into the parking lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was, it was a crazy, crazy place. I mean, many ups and downs and many, uh, you know, we had the disco days. I mean, the 70s, you know, that's... It started as disco, right? Yep. Yeah. Now, how the heck did that happen? Because you guys were country fans, weren't you, back then? Yeah, but that was the the fad was disco at the time, and once we got going, <laughs> people just loved it. And did you wear were, like a disco outfit? Oh yeah, we had bell bottoms <laughs> and the whole thing. <laughs> oh, there's uh, got to be that picture. Did you give? Uh, did you give yeah, Danny that one picture of you and? Oh, look at there this. it is. Wow. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's my partner, Tommy. That's Wait, that's not Kenny Loggins? <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, who's the other guy he looks like? Uh, did Roadhouse, uh, Patrick Swayze? Pat yep, Swayze yep. Did Patrick yeah. Swayze ever have a mustache? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't Probably know. at some point. But you, Magnum you, P.I. Can you go back to that again, Danny? I mean, I hate to pick on Tommy because he's not here, but that has got to be about a quart of Aquanet. <laughs> oh, that's funny. In that head. <laughs> that is, I mean, that is some air-blown brushed out. Oh. Look at the mane hey, on that guy. It used to take him a long time to get ready to go. Oh, out. don't I remember. <laughs> I remember. Oh, my goodness. I remember spending, a, I don't know, a week down in Cancun with Tom. Oh. And he had to do a little prepping before oh, we went off to eat and have a few adult beverages. And after That's, he had a couple adult beverages, he, he had to babysit a lot. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Well, needless did. to say, with uh, without throwing Tommy under the bus, he was not a very good drinker. No, and he still is not. To he this liked day. to kick people. Yeah, he got a little bit out of control. He yeah, had a black yeah. belt. Yeah, in something karate, taekwondo. I don't know what well, it was, but so he'd get a few drinks and he'd just start kicking people. Well, he'd kick the lights out of uh, fixtures and. <laughs> one day, one day we had a ramp going into the bar. Yeah, and me and him had been drinking all day and. We go to the bar, and people are walking in, and he's kicking at them. And I go, stop it. Stop it. And he smiles and like, you know, why? And I go, because that's the customers. We don't <laughs> kick the customers. It's like not you're babysitting the, a child. Uh, it was. <laughs> not until they do something wrong. You don't yeah. kick the customers. Yeah. At least not until they've spent their money. He just kick he, them on the way out. He thought he was cool doing it, so it was fine. You had to really watch him close. No, he was uh he was a different human being after he had a few beverages. Yeah. It, he was funny. I gotta say, I'm enjoying this part of the the story because you know, when we had when we filmed live at Hogsbreath, 
and we had him on, he made it sound like he was the responsible yeah. parent guy that in is, the whole thing, and he just had to like deal with you guys all the time. That is funny. <laughs> the truth well, is coming out. There's a fair amount of truth in that, but not total truth. No kidding. <laughs> you know, when he was sober, uh, which is all most of the time, then he was the, the thinker and the good guy, and yeah. he did things right. But, boy, you get him drunk. <laughs> I'll tell you what. The man has been blessed, and everyone that knows Tom DeRay will attest to it. He's been blessed with the largest amount of patience of that any man I've ever truth. known on the planet. That's. I mean, truth. he has been at that hog's breath, that bar, every day. Now, now that he's got grandkids, he takes off a couple of days a week. Yeah. But he was there seven days a week for 40 years. Yep. 35, 40 years. And the only time he'd take off is when he'd, we'd go up deer hunting for That's a, you know, four or five days. And yeah, you other than that, he's diligent. Him. I mean, diligent is absolutely the word for him. I mean, anyone that's in a bar restaurant industry or knows anything about it knows that that type of bar, dance club, we'll call it, you know, their longevity, their existence was typically predicted at two years. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, Not that five years now. go by and 10 years go by and people are going, wow, that place is still there. And they had several setbacks, you know, uh, various things happening with the police and uh, an individual dying in the parking lot. And, you know, but he weathered it all because of his diligence, his honesty. Yep. And... Now here we are, forty-four years. Yeah, putting I guess forty-four years later, and he's still there, still doing yeah. it. I, you know, we always tease him. I mean, why don't you retire? Why don't you do this? And why don't you sell the place? He wouldn't know what to do with himself. No, and certainly Jossie would kill him. Yeah. <laughs> so Steve, are you still working in there? No, right now because of the Corona thing. Since last March, I haven't worked. But I'm hoping someday we open up the night time again because that's what I do is night. Right. And uh, then I would go back. So. And how are you feeling these days? Oh, really good. I'm uh, walking a lot, you know, where I was. I had two operations because they didn't hook my urethra up. So I was, like, uh, having trouble with stuff was going inside me, so they had to reopen me again. Mm -hmm. So that set me way back. But um, actually, right now, I have no pain, and I'm walking, and things is really good. Everything's working like it's supposed to? You betcha. All right. That's good Everything's to hear. Everything's great. Yeah. Oh, that's really good to hear. Yeah. I'm happy. So well, we spent many years. Sorry. No, uh, go ahead. To cut you off. We spent many, many years. You know, we keep talking about Tom Dre. He grew up in a little town uh, in northwestern Minnesota, north of Thief River Fall, a little town called New Folden. Right on. Yeah, and that's where he went to school. And uh, he and his brother and his nephew have a rather large farm up there. And we've been deer hunting up there since 1979, I believe. Right. And uh, Steve has been on those trips with us. And we've, I, you know, I was, I was thinking about this the other night. You know, we have hundreds of amazing hunting stories. But uh, you were quite the shot. You know, I mean, he... <sighs> Steve's part uh, native, and I don't know which. German. German. Native and German. No, 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 no. Which part of Indian are What tribe? My mother was, was oh. Cherokee. 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 Okay. okay. I, 
I didn't hear that. So this guy could shoot, man. Yes, he, he look at this. There's Hanky Panky <laughs> on the end, and his brother, myself. Steve, I got. I hate to throw you under the bus this early in the episode, but are you hunting with a leather jacket on? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I was partying the night before, so <laughs> I didn't take it off when I came back. Okay. I got and home. We were drinking Jack Daniels. <laughs> so we got Steve on the left, his brother, who is no longer with us. Yep. Um, That's your brother next to you? Yep. Okay. Bill. Bill. And then myself and then Jimmy, who's no longer with us. Yeah. That's Jocelyn's brother. And then Big Dave, who was on our show a few episodes ago. Dave and then Miller. there's Tommy DeRay in his military garb. Was Ryan he in the military? Wheeler. What's that? Was Tommy in the military? No. Okay. No. I was like, I didn't know that. And then there's Brian Wheeler, who we called Wheels, and our manager at the uh, for many, many years, Dennis yep. Glossa on the end. Danny. But we that was a, a typical year. It was. I mean, we, we harvested a ton of deer up there. When we were leaving, we had uh, a lot of, all most of them on a trailer, and we stopped in town for gas, and the guy at the station says, you boys must have been horn hunting. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we'd load them up like cordwood on there until that become un, became an unpopular thing to do. And so then, I mean, we had a flatbed trailer. Yeah. And I have the picture, and I don't know that I've given it to Danny, but... You're fired. Maybe on another episode, and maybe people wouldn't want to even see it because we had a whole pile of deer oh, out there. Yeah. Anyway, uh, back to you shooting deer. I can remember one instance, uh, and that was... Like in, I think, 79, um, you had a deer, remember the swamp buck running across? Yeah. And you were, he was a couple hundred yards away, and you were shooting a lever action 30-30? Yeah. Yep. Yep, and uh, Steve Paul Lever action being the... I said a prayer. This is how it really was. He well, was that's what I was just going to say. on the other side of the field, and a big old eight, eight or ten point, and... They all shot, and they were done shooting, right? And I raised the 30-30 of this, no kidding, and I prayed. I said, please let me get this. I said, I promise I'll save everything, and I'll eat it to God. And uh, I shot once, nothing happened, and I pulled it up and shot again. It came down in the spine, broke his spine within a half an inch, and the deer <laughs> fell down. Some wow, people might think Hail that's unethical, Mary. but I'll tell you what, that was fun. Right? We we referred to that as the Hail, Hail Mary shot because <laughs> yes. that buck was coming up out of a swamp on the other side, and yep. Steve did pause, and he said a little prayer, took two more shots, and we didn't know there was no there was no wound on the deer. So at that back yeah, then, yeah. we'd hang them, and we would quarter them, and we did it the old-fashioned way. We actually took a bone saw and went right down the spine. Mm -hmm. And we didn't know where the bullet was. And all of a sudden, chink, chink, yeah. there was the bullet right lodged the in the deer's spine. So it was a true Hail Mary shot. And, uh, it really was. I don't think half anyone else. Half an inch this way, half an inch this way, and there wouldn't even. He would have thought it was a mosquito. Right. Yeah, so that was, a, that was a pretty fun thing. And then there was a time where it might sound odd to our viewers, especially in this day and age. But you wanted to check your gun. I think it might have been the same gun. And I was walking down this trail, and I hollered at you, and I had taken a stick, and I stuck it in the ground. And I walked into the woods, and I was kind of joking. I said, go ahead and shoot that. 
and I'm thinking there's no way in the world anyone with open sights is going to hit that. So I'm standing. Iron sights only, no scope. Yeah. And I'm standing several yards in the woods. Believe me, I was very safe. And he shot, and that thing went, bing. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, he cut that thing in half. (laughs) It wasn't 100 yards you were at, but it was probably 60 or 70 yards. And still, it was open sights, and the stick was like a broom handle. (laughs) <laughs> Look at you, you got a little sniper in your blood? Uh, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty great. Yeah, so there was uh, some of the fun things that we did back in the Kyle, day. Kyle, can you find a, a 30-30 lever action? I'd like to put that up here on video so that the listeners can see what we're talking about. It makes me think of, like, the Wild West, right? Well, yeah, it is. And the one thing about that gun, it's a Theodore Roosevelt Centennial. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where it has Had his, the engraving on yeah, it. Yeah, and they only made 1,500 of the them. The Teddy Roosevelt Centennial. And it's huh? got a hexagon barrel. This this gun is something you wouldn't take in the woods, but I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, most people would have hung that up on the wall. And, right. But, yeah, it was. Do you still way. have that gun? Oh, you bet. We should have brought it with, but who knew we were going to talk about I it? I know. That's probably worth some money at this oh, point. Oh, yeah, it's beautiful. Oh, yeah, wow, fantastic. I think he left me his guns in his will. I'm not sure. but That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we won't talk about for the many years uh, you had to go without your guns. <laughs> oh, I know. Tommy had them all. Uh, well, it's going to be good to have you back in the deer camp this year now that you've oh, got a, literally a second lease on life. I know. I mean, the Lord uh, bless you. And uh, that's really, really exciting. Let's take that opportunity that God's given you and do some good with it. And maybe we'll put our heads together and see if, uh, well, you know what? I can come up with an idea right now. We uh, previously had a guest. we got to stop talking about this deer camp thing because I didn't get an invite. Oh, yes. You yeah, should. you can no, come I, up. I didn't get invited. You should come. I See, they talked invited... about it a bunch when we were at the Hogs Breath, and I'm like, you hurt my feelings now. Just stop talking about it. Oh, I didn't fun. invite you last year? No. Yeah, you're... No, you didn't. Shut up. Well, no. it's about time you do. See, yeah, you can go. come up this year. Yeah, that's what I'm talking well, about. Oh, brother. See? We had a gentleman I'll here. bring the whiskey. We had a gentleman. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, Thurman Tucker, remember when he was yeah, on? Now, Steve, I want you to... We're going to have, a, we had a meeting at the Hogs Breath with uh, about half a dozen people, and we're trying to put together an organization. You know Thurman as well? No, he doesn't. Thurman Tucker started the Quail Forever chapter. Oh, yeah. I've along with Pheasants Forever in Minnesota. They're a subsidiary of Pheasants Forever, and Thurman Tucker is a wonderful gentleman uh, from the South, and he started the Quail Forever banquet. Well, he and I, he's even older than we are. Oh. He and I... Uh, we're getting some people together, and we're going to start an organization strictly and solely about getting kids in the outdoors, wow. getting them off their phones, giving them off their video games, and getting them out in the fields, fishing, hunting. And we've got a few people that are going to meet, and you should join us. Um, I'm totally interested. Yeah, and we're uh, you, especially with the kids. Yeah, you know, we've got a few people that and are, a girl. Oscar's going to come, and we're going to have another meeting here. At the end of this month. Count me in. And uh, we're just going to put our heads together and see how, when, where, what what we should do to get this going. Because there are several organizations. You know, you got Kicking Bear and you got uh, Fishing for Kids, our buddy Tom. And uh, here we go. Here's here's a gun. Yeah, that one on the The right. The one on the right does not have a scope on it. And that looks a lot like what you have. Yeah, that's lever action with irons on the right there. Yep. Yes. That's like it, but no scope. 
Right. But it's all gold, though. The mechanism and that is yeah. all gold. On you yours know, it is? A, cent a centennial, yeah. That's and big. you took that thing in the woods. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Steve, you goofball. <laughs> I don't know. I'm kind of on that same page. You got it. You got to use it. Yeah. Got to see it. Put a little history into it. That's a collector's gun, though. That's not like take it in the woods uh, and get it covered in mud. They, yeah, well, you know, it's not like you're going to sell it. But that's yeah. the one you got, you got that deer with. Yeah. See, yeah. there may be like a connection, like the, the oh, fact I that know. the gun was so special. I know. Yeah, yeah. One day I was walking in the woods. I, you know, I shouldn't have done that, but I was drinking them days. And, uh. I came back kind of pretty drunk. I don't know drunk, what you mean. Pretty drunk. Yeah, I know. And uh, we, they wanted me to drive the woods, so I did. And I'm singing, you old mule skinner. The old there mule skinner are. blues. Yep. And I look up, and here's three deer. And they're only from here to the door, 25 feet away. It's dark in the woods, you know. And I pulled that 30-30 up, and I went boom, 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 and I got all three of them. No way. Yeah. Back in the day, we have to qualify most oh. of the things that you say. Yeah. Uh, back in the day when yeah. you when we party hunting have. was legal. It was, yes. <laughs> and it still is. We're talking years and years ago. But yeah. Yeah, it was fun because, you know, they're looking at me. Could like, they all bucks? Are you crazy? Yeah. There was, no, two bucks and a dough. And but we had a dough license, too. Okay. And they're just looking at you like, what's this guy doing? Yeah, yeah. Because I was crazy. <laughs> the golden lever. Um, yeah. You know, I gotta say, you know, because this is a legitimate show, I don't think I ever remember any of us drinking and hunting at the same time. No, I mean we did the night before. Night before is what I was saying. And, and I came us, back still. That was a hard and fast rule. Any of oh yeah, we never drank while drink. we were out drink uh, hunting. No, but we, we were would young still and feel we would the party effects. the night before. But feel the for effects. the most part, we had it together yeah. the next day. But uh, I don't want our viewers to get the wrong impression no. that we were that stupid. Right. Because that's uh, very frowned upon to be drinking and handling a firearm. It sure is. Back well, in them days, it wasn't so bad. But we still didn't do it, but we did party the night before. Right. One of the, the first things Tom taught me when I first started hunting years ago was uh, you don't get to have drinks until you harvest an animal yes right. and then he'd call it going to town and riding the ferris wheel and that's what we do too <laughs> we'll go to town and ride try the to get wheel. one on saturday so we saturday night we could party get into town and ride the ferris wheel fred lemon oh yeah. that's funny <laughs> that's funny oh uh, well let's talk about hank williams jr all right you saw a photo of steve a little bit ago with tommy duray and he had his hank suspenders on and yeah can we find a t-shirt I think Danny's got several photos. Yeah. Uh, there's several of them still hanging at the Hog's Breath with uh, Steve. Uh, at the time, there was a competition, and, you know, there was this organization. What was a It was a party organization. Yeah. There we go. That would hire lookalikes, celebrity lookalikes, yeah. and, and they'd go to parties, called. and they'd do things. Dolly Parton. And right. John Wayne look alike. Yeah, I remember the dude. They came to the bar one night yep. and they said, Hey, Hank's got a contest going on. You look like him. Why don't you get in it? And I said, well, I ain't getting on stage for nobody. <laughs> so I went down to the Vene uh, Venetian Inn, which is where the state it was for that. Right night. down the road from the Hogs. Right. And I took, was, my brother was in town, so I took him with me. And everybody looked like him, I thought. And I didn't even know what really what he looked like, really. And then I had a couple shots of 
Jack Daniels. And I Good said, all right, I'll go up there. And I won that. Then I went two days later to the Carlton Celebrity Room. Yeah, yeah. And Hank was there playing. And the funny part is I'm sitting at the bar there having a drink with my brother and the uh, music manager for the bar comes over, starts yelling at me. What are you doing here? And I'm all dressed up, you know. And I said, having a drink. And she goes, oh, you're not him. She, she thought it was Hank. <laughs> <laughs> well, you knew at that yeah, point. Uh, yeah. So then there's five guys. I was the fifth guy uh, to come out on stage. And when I did, 2,000 people stood up and thought it was Hank when I came out on stage. They thought you were coming and out to hands like, down congratulate on the other guys? And then four days later, they flew me to Coleman, Alabama, to Montana Exchange, Hank's place. And then, well, I won the national. And then the newspaper there said I had a smile like a motion picture screen, and Hank didn't like that very much. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, boy. No, they, hey, Jill. Maybe, uh, Danny, you can put that uh, Hank picture back up so there's big steve on the left Hank yeah so where were you when you guys this is in his dressing room and that's a bottle of jim beam behind us and uh he was we were drinking out of it but he wouldn't give it to anybody else in the room just me and him were drinking so <laughs> yeah i was gonna say can you tell us about the first time you like physically met and talked to him that was the first time i met him and he says he looks at me and he goes it's like looking in the uh, F like mirror. You can say F and mirror. We're looking in the fucking mirror. Yeah, <laughs> we, we we put our disclaimer out there. This one's this one's a little. We're going yard in this yeah. Uh, episode. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. So yeah. tell yeah, My how was the conversation? Twenty eighth of May, and his is on the twenty sixth of May. But he's two years older than me. Okay. And so what did he like? You come walk in the room, and he said, "It's like looking in the mirror." Yeah, like and, looking in the fucking mirror. And then. We talked for a bit, and then we started drinking the Jim Beam. It was then, not Jack, but I drank Jack mostly. Yeah. And uh, we drank that, and, and we talked a while, and then he had to go out and go on stage. And then for another his show? Yeah, for his show. And you, did you, like, stay in the green room? Or yeah, I was back there, and then I went out for the show, too. And then afterwards, he came back, and we finished that bottle. So Good it was pretty you. cool. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, there's not a lot of people on the planet. Forgive me. There's not a lot of people on the planet that get to spend any time with Hank Jr. because he's kind of a recluse, and uh, he don't like people much. Yeah. Uh, Apparently, unless you look like him. <laughs> oh, and then what's funny is uh, one of the later times when he got off the airplane, he had a shirt on that said, I'm the lookalike. No, he didn't. Yeah, he did. <laughs> when he got off the plane. That's hilarious. People yeah. are probably leaving him alone. Yeah. He thought, they'll leave me alone then. Okay, so after this meeting with him, then you leave that night or whatever. What happens after that as far as you and, and Hank Williams Jr.? Okay, I went to Vegas two times a year, uh -huh. and I would uh, be booked out there to do conventions, okay? And I'd just walk around casinos and gamble and stuff with security people and then they gave me a free room and stuff. So that people would think you were yeah. him. My girl, my wife at the time was Marilyn Monroe lookalike. That's how we met. And so she did Marilyn Monroe and I did Hank Jr. So and hold on a second now. So the casinos would hire you 
to come in and pretend to be For, him right. at at uh, the conventions. They'd have a convention of something like, for instance, IDS Tower. Yeah. In Minneapolis, yes. the lady that owns that hired me to go there and do. Are you ready for some football with the Viking cheerleaders? Yeah. And so I did, and then everybody was there that works for IDS from out of town, all over the world. They were there, and they kept saying, "Oh, we love you on Monday Night Football and all that." I go, "I'm not. I'm the national lookalike for Hank Jr. You don't want us to." You don't want to tell us you're really him? They go, and I go, I'm not him. But they wouldn't believe it no matter what. And they take pictures and you sign best wishes, Hank Jr., because that's what I was supposed yeah, to do. Yeah, right. That is awesome. Yeah, it was. But you're supposed a lot to sign him best wishes, Hanky Panky. Yeah, Hanky Panky Jr. A <laughs> little Hanky Panky going on. But yeah, I was. Uh, Only with Marilyn Monroe. Pay like, attention hey, here, Tom. <laughs> so I'm in Coleman, Alabama. It was a good one. Yeah. And I'm eating breakfast before I went to that other place, but I'm still dressed up, right? Yeah. And uh, he had they get, he gave me his uh, Mercedes-Benz, and it had both Cephas license plates, and I got to drive it around for three days down there. While Hank I, let you use his yeah, car? Yeah. What? Yeah, and that was part of the thing when you won. Whoever won got to do that. Okay. So I'm I'm in the restaurant and this pregnant lady comes over and lifts her shirt up and has a, a <laughs> pen, and her husband's with her and she goes, "Will you sign my stomach?" And I'm eating my food's right there and her stomach's right over my food. It was great. Her pregnant belly. And the girlfriend I'm with that I brought with me, she's going, "Wow, you know." And so I signed it. And she Best put wishes, it back Hank. Down and I said, "But I'm just a lookalike. I'm, I'm not him." She goes, yeah, right. <laughs> she walks away. <laughs> that but, is hilarious. Yeah, it was some good What times. a fun experience. Good well, I've got some stories. No. Oh, yeah, you should say no. <laughs> Go when ahead, you, Tom. We'd be up in Thief River Falls drinking. He'd have his Hank stuff on. And we're in the Legion in Thief River Falls. And, you know, we're with Dave Miller. We're with Pappy, who's a big guy we talked about. Showed pictures of Pappy. On so they the, almost look like security for him <laughs> at that yeah. point because they're just All monsters. Oh, that, that don't even. That's so funny that you said that. There's another story. So anyway, we're in the Legion and, you know, we're, Steve's a big guy, 6'2". Uh, Pappy was like 6'4". Miller's yeah. like 6'6". And Wheels is 6'2". And, you know, there's all these big guys. And we're sitting there and having a time drink. Five, we're in a dark. <laughs> yeah. We're in a dark uh, bar, a legion, and I'm looking across the room because I noticed that this table full of women, locals, are noticing who's sitting at our table. And at that point, I'm thinking, why are you wearing Hank stuff right now? These girls all of a sudden jump to their feet, throw the tables aside, and they're throwing chairs and tables aside, <laughs> running towards our table. We're sitting right next to an exit. A fire exit, and we burst out of there because these girls were not fooling around. They were big girls. They were big girls. <laughs> they were locals. Uh, some of them were native, and they were coming full steam. Yeah. So this knucklehead. Speaking of hanky panky, this knucklehead turns to Pappy and and Miller says, "I thought you guys were on security. Come on, bro." <laughs> and we're like, we're like. Here's your security. 
Hey, bro, you're supposed to be on security. Yeah, what the <laughs> hell? And, uh, anyway, there was a lot of those oh, stories, too. Oh, yeah, a lot of crazy times. And uh, a lot of fun, a lot of fun. We had I a lot, fired him. Yeah, he fired It's hard to find good help, Steve. That's right. <laughs> we're going to continue the story after we're done filming. Okay. We're going to get the final truth on this deal. All right, sounds good. But uh, so you spent uh, how many years doing that? 85 was when I won, and I was doing it all the way up till four or five years ago. Was really? Haven't done it. Haven't done anything since. But I used to do, um, like, birthday parties for right. the governor, Jesse Ventura, because mm-hmm. he loves Hank. So I'd show up for birthday parties and stuff. I remember like our that. old friend Bob McKay had you at the Calhoun Beach Club one night. Yep. Marilyn was there, and the Duke... The Duke, I, you know, I have a picture of him. Uh, actually, I have a framed picture. He is of a him. hell of a dude. Real he nice used guy. to own uh, the Diamond Diamond T horse ranch. The Diamond what? Diamond T. Diamond T horseback ranch. ranch. Yep, a big ranch. That was down like riding in Egan. stables. It's South still there. Egan. Yep. Yeah, it's still there. What community is it in? Egan. Yeah. Egan. Yep. And he owned that, and he used to come up on stage at the Wee Fest. He was up there with you one year. Yep. He talked just like John he Wayne. He did. He was. He just, looked he just looked like just John like Wayne. But then when you got him aside and talked to him, he was really a fast talker. But he really did the deal right, and uh, he signed all of his autographs to the Duke. And uh, he he was fun to have around. Yeah. Yeah, all those He was a like good guy. He really was. He was a wonderful man. Yeah. And he had a thriving business with he the Diamond really did. Uh, riding stables. Yeah. Well, that's going back some years. That's kind of fun to talk to or talk about matter of fact um, me and him I was out at his place and we were sitting there one day and these Indians came from little six Mm -hmm. from where from little six uh, you know Mystic Lake oh it was just little six at the time yeah 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 and they came and talked to me and him and they wanted five thousand dollars to start the whole casino thing out there five grand is all they wanted and I, we turned it down because we didn't think it was going to happen. We'd be millionaires today. Well, had the opportunity to get in the ground floor. You, you could have bought Apple when Apple wasn't Apple. No kidding. <laughs> That's that, crazy. It was two Indians, and they were they're, they're the ones that started uh, Little Six and the whole gambling thing. Wow. There. That's an interesting little tidbit. Yeah, that was me and me and uh, John or, or Duke. Right. So now when you were traveling around doing the Bocephus thing, you had a Rolls or something, didn't you? What were you traveling? Oh, yeah, a, no Packard, a Packard 38 limousine. We got a, Do we have a photo of that? I, I remember um, backstage, and I think it was WeFest. Yeah. You had it there. I had it back there, yep. And uh, a friend of mine, matter of fact, I did a video, um, Country Boy Can Survive, and the car was in the video. And an old friend of mine, Fred O'Neill, he's dead now, but... Uh, like a dad to me he was and I came in from filming all day and I said bro you got to see this car that I've been riding around in and he said you like it and I said yeah and he said well, let's buy it Freddie <laughs> O'Neill used to own all of the concessions at Como the, Park at Como Park all he owned the rides and everything in the Como yep. Park okay so we go to my his house which is on Lake Owasso and I'm with the people that own the car, and he grabs, opens his safe up, and he throws 
stacks of $100 bills like this towards us, and we catch him and put him on his bar. And uh, there's another story about that. But anyway, sure. put it on the bar, and he goes, oh, give him back, because he's drunk, right? Give him back. So we think, oh, he's pulling one on us, you know, wasting our time. So we threw him back, and he threw us four bundles of 20s, <laughs> <laughs> bigger bundles of 20s. He says, take that instead. <laughs> but anyway, I Do we have him. a picture of that, Danny, of that old... Uh, I met him, and he, 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 uh, he pulled a gun at me at the hog's breath and one night, and I said, you put it away, or I'll shove that up your ass. Mm -hmm. And sorry about the swearing. Oh, you're... Yeah. Anyway... He, I, he goes, you mean it. And he put it away, and we became friends for life. <laughs> this we is the not. guy from Como. Yep, yep. Freddie. Fred. Freddie. Uh, so Freddy's he bought me that car, and, and that was my Hank Mobile for all We do not have a picture. Okay. There was. Uh, we should have taken some pictures from the Hogsworth. I know there's one on the wall there. I have one on my phone somewhere. Okay, maybe you can give that to Joe and they can find yeah, it. Yeah, we go on break, we can find it. As a matter of fact, me and sure. Mel Tillis are standing by the car. And, right. Uh, I can't remember the other guy's name, but we got uh, pictures of me in the car and them. This kind of so, dates me, but Fred O'Neill, his father and my father wow. were good friends. We used to go to Como Park and visit him when we were kids. And I remember him and my dad talking. And, and then it turns out Freddie is his son and... Yeah. And then the circle kind of came around again. Yeah. Pretty crazy. But Fred was a great guy. Yeah. I loved him. Man. He was a real He was good a very man. generous man. I remember he had a... One night we were drinking at his house. And no, you were drinking? And he a bar. And, and he lived with a St. Paul a sergeant, right? Was his good buddy. And uh, so he had an Uzi under the bar. <laughs> the guy is dead now, so I thought. But anyway, one night we were there. And Freddie is? He's dead? Yeah, he yeah. died. And that really killed me. Anyway, um, we were there, and all of a sudden we're drinking, and I'm sitting. I had brought a girl over to his place, and we're sitting on this side of the bar, and he's behind it. And all of a sudden, he pulls a gun out and shoots this suit of armor in the corner and puts five holes in the heart. Well, I grabbed the girl and hit the floor, thinking somebody's going to kill me. And I come up, and I go, what are you doing? And he goes, it moved. <laughs> I'm not lying. That's the truth. Wow. That, that suit of armor has a whole five holes in it. Wow. That's he used wild. to have, his, he was really rich. He had five, six pounds of gold. There was gold bars. He had ivory, when you could get the ivory. Yeah. A tusk that were all carved, you know, carved tusks tusk and stuff. Guy was unbelievable. Matter of fact, that's where I got this, and it's real gold. The, the pistol. Gun, the gun is from the clink, cufflink. What's the one the underneath the pistol? That's Marine Corps. Oh, the Marine Corps? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, did you serve? Yeah. Oh, well, thank you for your service. Thank you. My father also did the Marine Corps. Yeah. Did the two or three tours in Nam. Yeah, two. Or Nam, as they say, right? Yep. Vietnam. Vietnam. I miss that. Uh, Thankfully, I missed that. Steve and I, I think, are Bone the same spurs. age. Well, I, you know, there was a draft back then. And yep. when I was in high school, you know, I had a draft number, and they cut it off two numbers before my number was called. And, you know, I didn't think one way or another about it. You know, you're young, and you just do what you're told. And if I'd have gotten drafted, 
I'd have just gone. Right. Done what they told me to do. But uh, looking back, I'm pretty thankful that I didn't. Yeah, it was, it was uh, a horrible, horrible, horrible war. We lost so many young. I lost so many friends, and mm. just to, uh, you know, it's it's so controversial. I probably shouldn't even say anything about it, but I'm sure the warriors that fought there probably agree with me that it's just kind of a political war, and it wasn't their kids going there and losing their lives. You know, I, my best friend, guy from uh, I went to high school with. He came back with some huge honors, and his best friend in the, the Marine Corps was James Stewart, the movie actor. Jamie his Stewart. son, his son, and his son died in Vietnam. And my buddy oh, Bill oh. went over enemy lines and pulled his body back. Wow! And he got a big, you know, accolades for that. But he was one of the pallbearers at his funeral, and you know, met. A lot of celebrities and started dating Candace Bergman. I don't know how I got on this topic, but he would agree with me. That was a shitty, shitty war. A lot yeah, of young people died and just wasted and lives. And the ones that didn't got Agent Orange. Yeah. Or came back with severe PTSD and yeah. all that stuff. Um, That's how my dad is. He's a he's just a situation where he, you know, the joke in the family is, and I'm I'm not that, not that I'm old and I'm 44, but. The joke has always been in our family that if you see him smile and take a picture because it don't happen real often. Yeah. <laughs> so it's one yeah. of those deals. Right on, brother. So when you had this Packard, yeah. did you use that for all your appearances? Yeah. So you come rolling up and people are like, this oh, guy's yeah. legit. Well, as a matter of fact, I'll tell you another one. There's so many that uh, we could go on for yeah, hours. Yeah, th that's why you're here. We want to hear but, it. Uh, one time I was in Brainerd and – doing Hank up there, and I can't remember. It was a bar that uh, had me come up there. and They, they paid you, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, I got 150 bucks an hour. Just, just Wow. And uh, anyway, that uh, Kurt, That's stripper money. You kept your clothes Kurt on? Kurt Henning, the, the <laughs> bouncer, or I mean the wrestler, Kurt yeah. Henning. Mr. Perfect. His son. His son was there, and we were talking, and everything was cool, and we didn't fight. I thought first we were going to, but we didn't. And uh, then I left there, and all of a sudden, the police come around. The car's all over the place. And we had a police escort out of town because they thought that somebody was going to har harass us. Another time, we were doing 80 miles an hour at the Packard, and Fred was with me, and we had a driver. And the highway patrolman put his lights on and shut them off like, slow down, Hank. <laughs> <laughs> ah. That stuff happened all the time with that car because it had the Hank Ruger gun on the side of it, right? And the cops uh, did it up in Battle Lake, too, where my folks are from, and uh, my family. We'd go into town and go through town, and uh, uh, if they stopped me for anything, it was more to get an autograph than anything else. It was really fun. That is fun. Yeah. What a cool experience. Yeah, I... And the good part of it was I could take my stuff off and be me where Hank can't, you know. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't get to punch out. No. Which is kind of going back to what you were saying, TK, about him being a little bit of a recluse. Yeah. He needs to get away from the spotlight Well, you know, bit. as famous as his father was yep. and all that he had been through, I totally understand why he has an attitude. I mean, people want him to do this and they're tugging on him to do this. And your time isn't your own. And, you know, he, uh, you know, the way he looks, 
the reason he wears sunglasses. Yeah. He, he fell off a mountain in Montana. Five hundred and eighty-six feet. Yeah, he fell off face. a mountain and uh, they he opened up his skull. He's got a steel plate in his skull, and you know he had to have one operations. Eye. So that's why he grew a beard and uh, and, and sunglasses. Isn't it nice when you have a partner, a friend like him, that says to you. You know, it's pretty funny that you look like a guy that fell off a mountain on his face. <laughs> you look just like a guy that smashed the hell out of yeah, his face. Out of his face. Dude, you're what thinking, a dick. I'm not sure what to say yeah, there. I know. What an asshole. I mean, have to fall off a mountain to look like that. <laughs> well, you had plenty of uh, dust ups, it sounds like, over the years. Oh, and so, yeah. yeah, you know. I hear you. Face takes a little bit of a beating there. It did. You can't dodge all the punches. No, I still got my teeth. That's good. That is good. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so anyway, I was saying, you know, I can understand why Hank's got that attitude. You know, I mean, the media, and you know how the media is. The media just beats you up, and uh, they say whatever they want to say. But so he just, it's like hell with everybody, and uh, yeah, I'm do my own thing if you don't like it. Too bad. Have you told Steve the story about Hank at WeFest with the chopper and all that? Um, you, yeah. you may have heard it. I think you – I don't know that you were there that I year. was. Or you were that. Yep. Because I think we were had – Were you on uh, the clock? No, I was there because WeFest had me come up there for that week. Yeah, okay. and uh, I remember you were sitting with me on the side of the stage and uh, yep. Waylon walked by. Yeah. And Waylon looks and he goes – he yep. looked and goes, and he double taked again, and then he went out and performed, because Waylon and Hank are real, we're real, real tight. tight. Matter real of fact, tight. that's another story. As Coleman, Alabama, I pull into the gas station right across from the Montana Exchange, and to get gas, and the guy comes out. He's got one arm, and he owns the station, and he says, "Get the fuck out of here." <laughs> and I said, "What?" And he goes. Get out of here. And I said, why? I want to get some gas. And he goes, oh, you're not him. He goes, uh, and I said, why? What are, you, what are you mad about? And he said, him and Waylon came in here with a convertible, he says, last week. And they pumped gas, and then they were so high they took off. <laughs> <laughs> took off and pulled the pump out. And with my one arm, I lost hundreds of gallons of gas. He said, I couldn't shut it off. <laughs> and he says, I got a lawsuit going with him. Wow. Oh, that's the truth. <laughs> then, that once you spoke, he realized yeah, you weren't yeah. him. And so I got my gas from him, and we were, you know, we were friends then. But he was all mad at first. He thought it was Hank coming in to rub it in his face. <laughs> Did you have many encounters on the negative side like that? Because obviously yeah, a lot of positive stuff. That, uh, mostly was positive, but sometimes like that would happen. Like that was one of the worst. Where the guy says, Hank was get notorious to... for getting drunk or oh, high yeah. or whatever and doing oh, crazy stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. That episode at the Wee Fest, he uh, flew into Fargo, had the highway patrol. Let me, no, no, no. Let me get this straight because it's been a long, long time. Yeah. Uh, we had a guy flying, giving people helicopter rides. And Pablo, yep. well, he went to uh, the Detroit Lakes Airport and picked him up. Flew him over. He got out of the helicopter, ran down into the ditch along Highway, uh, what is it, 59 there, and uh, jumped into a patrol car, a highway yeah. patrol. And the cop's like, what in the world are you? And he says, I'm Hank Jr. 
take me backstage. He was just kind of paranoid. I don't know yeah. what he was doing. And so cop wasn't real thrilled about all of that, how it happened. But he drove him backstage. Right. And then he got up on stage and just, just was a maniac, breaking stuff, chairs and equipment. And so uh, he's always had an attitude. Yeah, <laughs> he has. Well, it's quite a life that he's led with. You know, the, I mean, any celebrity to that level, like you said, aside from his family yeah. and starting basically being born into Hollywood or being born into music royalty. Yeah, I mean, but it don't get no bigger than Hank Williams. Yeah, right? you know, Senior. Like the, the song uh, Man of Steel, yeah. you know, my daddy died when I was three. Yeah. You know, that's just exactly the story of his life, you know, and yeah. his mama didn't bounce him off her knee. You know, she put him on stage when he was seven years old because she lost Hank, the, yep. the senior. She used so. him to make some money. Yep, and she put Singing him on Hank stage and, and made him. Made Singing him, his dad's stuff. Yep. And you know why him. he calls himself the Man of Steel? Because of the steel plate yep. in his head. Yep. Mm. I did Hank, not know that. I am a huge, huge fan of Hank Williams Jr. and his music. Yeah, um, I spent, I did a little deal with him uh Forgot about that. The Hawaiian Tropics swimsuit competition. Yeah. You know, is that they had the national finals in Minneapolis, and it was at, we all were on stage before a Hank Williams concert. Lynn was with me, and not, uh, Skip Humphrey was with us. Remember Skip? Yes. And his wife. And I was emceeing it, and that's where Hank met his wife. She was a Hawaiian Tropics swimsuit yep, yep, yep. finalist, and yeah, they I want. I think they're still together. I guess I don't know. Uh, maybe uh, Killer Kyle or someone can figure that out if he's still married to her. But uh, and then I got to introduce Hank, and uh, it was a fun, fun night. And then we sat in the front row and watched his show, and he tore it up and got yeah. crazy as always. Calmont, Alabama is a dry county, so... But um, they brought me, Jim Beam brought me some private stock, a whole case of private stock, and they brought it into the manage, his manager's office. And uh, so we had, and I brought a whole bunch back with me, but we had, a, we had booze even though it was a dry county. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, boys, as much fun as this is, we got to keep the lights on. So we take a little break and promote the sponsors. Yeah, we can dig up some old memories, and uh, we'll get a photo of the Packard. And uh, when we come back, TK, we'll dig right back into uh, Hank. Wait, I mean, uh, into Big Steve over That's here. That's right, Sleepy Steve. Stick Sleepy around, folks. Steve, Let's bring it up to modern day. We'll be right back with Steve. <laughs> Boots and backstraps is proudly brought to you by Homes by Shane. Making your move with the Homes by Shane team means an unparalleled customer service experience. That level of service is the foundation of this REMAX Results referral-based business. Our driven team of experts communicate with their clients every step of the way, ensuring a memorable experience from the first conversation through your closing day. Go to homesbyshane.com for more information. Let's get you home. If you would like to sponsor the Boots and Backstraps podcast or you have an interest in joining our team, Send us an email to bootsandbackstrapspodcast at gmail.com.
Come on now. TK. Come on now. Good job on uh, holding <laughs> off for the for the beat there. <laughs> Lynn wasn't in here when that happened. Otherwise, she probably would have died laughing too. Yeah. So we, we have this, uh, for the people that are listening or watching, as this is being recorded, we have a production piece where when we're, when Danny's filming, our producer, Danny Geo, Danny Geo Productions, um, when it comes back from the break or when we're first starting the show out of our intro, there has to be a little bit of a pause there before we start talking as it catches up. Everything aligns electronically. And Tom was so excited to get it started that literally as soon as the screen popped up, he was like, come on now. <laughs> I was like, you know that. God, come on. <laughs> that was funny. It was, I don't know anything. Uh, well, anyway, we're back with Steve, TK. I used to think I knew a lot, but I don't know much. <laughs> How you doing, Steve? Real good. Hanky Panky, old brother of mine. Right on. Head of security. Uh, Manager. Sleepy Steve. Uh, yeah, right, that's enough of that. Stealing could... my girlfriend, Steve. Uh-oh. 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 Yeah, we could, uh, before we get to like more modern times, I want to get back into the Wayback Machine. Talk for a minute about when you guys first bought the club. Because, as I said before, Tom DeRay, Tommy... <laughs> Drop some very incendiary stuff about. Yeah, I heard it. The reason why you, you know, kind of exited stage left, you know, as an owner there, something about you chasing a little ass out out west. Yeah, that this is, is that's not, not the truth. How it happened. The bottom line is, Big Steve is a very irresponsible son of a gun. <laughs> <laughs> Wait yeah. a minute, look what we got. There's a well that doesn't show much of the car, but there's the. That's the Packard. The, yep, the Packard. Packard. And that, you know who that is? That is my them. old friend, Mel McDaniel. Yep. How many of you folks know or can remember a Mel McDaniel song? Stand up, Louisiana Saturday night. That's yep. right. Well, you kick down the fiddle and you kick down the bow. He's a good guy. What a great guy. We had That's him. my ex-wife. She died of cancer. Yeah, sorry to hear that. Oh, I didn't know she died. Yeah. Oh. Well, um, that kind of puts where a was sad this picture, note on a happy uh, This is at WeFest. We were backstage with the car. And, and you're Mel, in Hank gear, obviously. Yeah. And uh, and then Mel came over to the car, and we took a picture with him. So that was a Packard limo, you said? Packard limousine, 1932 Packard limousine. They only made 10 of them. Can I ask you a question? Did it have suicide doors on the back? Yeah. Yep. I think it did. Yeah. He lent me that car for my sister Rosie for her wedding. They okay. tooled around in that thing on their wedding. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, so for the listening audience or the viewing audience, if you don't know what suicide doors are, they're doors that open the opposite direction, right? Right. Mm -hmm. In the back. Call, call them suicide doors. Do yeah, you remember our conversation with Dave Miller? As opposed to Lambo doors when they open up. Do you remember our conversation with Dave Miller? Uh, when which he one? and I were kids... We were hunting in northern Wisconsin with his father in his old Lincoln Continental that had suicide doors, and he referred to me as the jackass that, while we were driving, opened a rear door to to spit or do something, and the thing flew open. Because the wind. Pull you right out. Oh, yeah. And it sprung the hinges, but, you know, they're mechanics, and they got it fixed. But, boy, did I catch heat for that for years and years and years. You think you'll bring it up at deer camp this year? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, if, Shane. Will you be there? I was just gonna say, I don't know. Will I be there? 
Yeah, you will be there. Is this official? Because it's being filmed. Boys, do I have an invite to deer camp? Yeah. Okay. Don't you, you know, got to run it past Tommy Duray? And, and you know, property. not that I want to take credit for anything. It's just that when I met Tommy in 78 and we started talking and getting to be friends, I said, you know, I, I go deer hunting every year. And Tom says, well, I've got a big farm up in northwestern Minnesota. And I looked at him and I said, well, how big? You know, hundreds of acres. I said, are there deer up there? And he says, there's tons of deer up there. I said, well, let's go up there. And so I kind of took the role as the person that invited. I mean, obviously, Steve, Tommy, and I were the first ones to do that. Mm -hmm. Right. And then I think maybe Dennis was with us. And then I invited Dave, and I invited Will. Yep. So they kind of left it up me to do the inviting. But obviously, if they wanted to invite somebody, too, they would. Yeah. Like your brother. Yeah. And stuff like that. But Tom's. Bill. Bill. That was your Bill, brother, right? Yep. Yeah. I don't know if we've even brought it up. We probably have, but Shane here, my good friend and partner, is a survivor of cancer. And uh, twice. Twice. Yeah. And that is pretty spectacular. Amen. I love you, buddy. And like you too, brother. Like Danny said, he runs around with one nut, but he still produced four kids. And uh only two since I gave up the other ball. Which is still amazing. One, one nut, but he's still nuts. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there it is. Exactly. Uh, I can't believe that's we're talking that, this. That was like one of the, the like first questions people would ask after you yeah. know, the whole thing happened. They're like, well, does it, you know, does it still work? And can you still have kids? And I was like, well, yeah. So that sort of like funny, not funny is um, when we first found out that I had cancer and they're like, we're going to have to take one out because that's where the cancer was, the first round of cancer. And the doctor is like, Two, the two questions that they always ask are, do you want to, like, freeze some in the event that you're not fertile again in case you guys want to have kids? And being proud Catholics, are like, no, we don't do that, you know. Um, and the second thing is he's like, well, do you want a prosthetic? <laughs> Which, like, at first I was like, what? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I like, <laughs> we, we, they make them and they're, like, you know, very natural feeling and all this stuff. And I was like, that just, yeah, I don't, I don't know about that. And I looked at Emily and she was kind of looking at me and she was like well i guess it's up to you and i was like i don't think i need that you know i don't need i'm not that like my my testicles or my bean bag is not out on display for everyone to see at times so really my wife and i are the only ones that know that it's you know a two-bedroom apartment with one renter in it <laughs> so it's like funny that's not true everyone knows well i'm just saying that i've seen it anyway so it's like i don't need that you know where it's filled out on the other side like who cares i don't care yeah, it was a little I, weird at I first. I sure was happy to hear that you beat it. Thank I you. really was. Thank was you. Yeah, a good day it. in my life when I heard that. Appreciate that very much. Yeah, it was awesome. I was praying hard. Yeah, yeah so a lot like of a, folks were praying for you, Shane. Well, the benefit um, that you guys put together, uh, Danny and, and Travis and Tiffany, and I know, Tom, you and Lynn were there. Um, that was that was unbelievable to see all those people Being at the doghouse. Yeah. yeah, I saw you guys. Yeah, you know, it's nice when your back's up against the wall to know that there's a lot of people that do love you. I don't think Pat was there. I think he was in jail, sleeping it off. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> sleeping it off, you know. <laughs> we don't take him out to too many social functions. Again. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, Cowboy Pat, walk around. Uh, grab that beer and walk around the backside of Big Steve there. Put your face on the camera yeah, here for a second. Let people see you for a minute here. So we keep talking about you. People know who oh, we're talking about. Now. Lucky I'm uh, not X-rated today. <laughs> I know. Now, all of you girls. Might be the first time ever you're not X-rated. <laughs> hey, get your head down. Get here, a little bit dude. lower and move over to your left. Yeah. Your left. 
Yeah, right there. Now there get lower. There, Look there, at the there. camera. That's that's what people can see on the screen there. Now, how many of you ladies that are watching the program right now remember making the mistake of having a couple of beverages with that one? Uh oh. <laughs> Zero. Yeah, Tommy used to say something about. We're pre-recorded. Uh, the broke back mouth. Oh, I'll, you want me to? You want me to share that story? Go ahead. All right, Cowboy Pat used. <laughs> you got to come back now. Oh. Oh no, that's well. No. Go ahead. You know, at the Rowdy Cowboy Show, you know, I knew a lot of the people, and I knew Pat, and he had a buddy from Texas. That Everybody would come knows into the Pat. Show. And one night I said, "Ladies and gentlemen, there's Cowboy Pat in Texas, Philly. Some of you may know them, and for those of you that don't, they're uh, stunt doubles. They do some Western uh, stunt doubles, and uh, their most recent." Uh, this is not going to end well. <laughs> Mine's even better. Too. Okay. Right, <laughs> Their most recent venture was uh, Brokeback Mountain. <laughs> so they're standing there all puffed up and talking. Yeah, and I said, the most recent venture was Broke Mountain. And I hit him with the spotlight and they kind of shrunk and hit under her chair. And <laughs> I said, that big one, he was the one given. That little one was the one taken. <laughs> and the little one happened to be Pat. <laughs> oh wait a minute they can't hear you you don't have a microphone you don't need to give them one either <laughs> oh that's good a little self-defense i See, think my Pat. comeback would be tom was the stunt mouth in that movie so. oh, <laughs> oh there it goes like our g it. rating went right out the window body double i think he was a uh, body double that's good brother if we were monetized on youtube this one would not be uh-uh getting any money where were we with Steve? Poor guy. <laughs> oh, I was going to say one time up at WeFest, my family was up there, and he came over to their camp where we were uh, by the cars where we were sitting, and he said, I feel so sorry for you to my brothers and sisters that they had to be related to me. Ouch. And he talked for an hour telling them how sorry he felt for them. Who did? Pat. Oh, jeez. And by the time he left, I was, like, feeling pretty rough, like I should beat him up or something. And my family goes, God, we like him. I wish he'd come back. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Talk and about under the bus. all he did is put me down. Under the bus. Under the bus. That was his job. This Whatever. episode's off the rails already. Yeah. <laughs> Michael Jordan was up there one year and uh, celebrating with his friends. He was backstage with me. Michael Jordan will be on next week's episode. We've yep. been talking about him as one of our sponsors, maybe. Anyways, my godson, and he walked into the backstage latrine, the Jimmy John. I don't know if that's the right word. Anyway, the portable Porta John. Potty. Porta potty. Porta potty. And Knucklehead walks in right behind him. He'd never met him in his life. He's got his. But you knew who he was? Okay. So it was a sneak so he's attack. He's freaking out. After a couple minutes. Oh, you know Andrew. He comes barreling out of there, white as a ghost, eyes as big as, who the hell was that pervert in there with him? And we're all out there laughing. Because the problem was, you know, just going in there is one thing, but he reached around and he wanted to hold it for him. <laughs> oh, my God. That's what really threw him. Oh, oh boy. Gosh. You I, are something. Yeah, he's, uh, he'll go to any lengths for a good joke. He really will. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, that's cost him several relationships. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Steve. Yeah. So back to the self-defense here. So as we said, Tommy DeRay was saying you 
chase some Philly out west. Yeah. What's no, the truth all that? I did never Brandy. do Brandy. You did too. Brandy. No, I liked Brandy a lot. But that isn't. I ended up leaving and going up to the Battle Lake area where my family's from and renting a cabin for the summer. And it was a whole new girl I had and everything. It was a different girl that I had staying up there with me. So Brandy wasn't in, in the picture. He's had years to rearrange these stories. That is years. not true. So you must have liked Brandy. this girl something fierce if you got out of the bar business. I didn't do that. It was nothing to do with Brandy. Okay. It was Dave. My hands were black and blue from my knuckles to my wrist. Because every night I'd go to work, I'd have to beat somebody up that Dave had messed around with, somebody's wife. Yeah. And it was sometimes two or three big guys would come in, and it'd be one guy that he messed around with his wife, but it'd be three of them to beat him up, and I'd have to take him on. It was just crazy. So I took off for a six-month period. Then when I came back, it just, you know, Dave was gone, and we talked and said, you know, we just work together and be there. So that's yeah. how it ended up. But, but so whatever happened up, to this this other Dave guy? It ended up on a sour note because we were in Thief River Falls staying at the Best Western where they had live entertainment. And at the back bar, somebody came in the back entrance and all of a sudden all hell broke loose. Big Steve and Tommy Dre chased this individual out into the parking up. lot. The guy got in his car and sprayed rocks all over him and everything to get away, and it turns out it was Dave. And then I got him at WeFest once, too. <laughs> Knocked him out. So he <laughs> snuck in the back of this Thief, Thief, River, Ball, uh, Thief River Bar Falls yeah, Bar. Yeah, the Best Western. He came in the back door, but they knew me there, you know, very well. So when I did that, they said, oh, I said, he's an asshole. And they said, okay, buddy. <laughs> they let us back in, and we just partied the rest. And then you saw him at a later date at WeFest. At WeFest, and I knocked him down. And, you know, the guy was, I, I fought for him so many times, it was ridiculous. Because he'd, he'd do the uh, mean things to women. And I'll tell you, I don't have no respect for anybody that does that. Right. Oh, boy. I got a story is, I, I want to tell. There we go. Is you and the man in black. All right. I remember he's that. A good man there. Yeah, Johnny. I really loved him. He was a very a nice religious, man. religious man and, and just down to earth. There was nothing bad about him. Oh, no. Quite the movie made up about him. They called it Walk the Line. Yeah. He and Reese Witherspoon did, yeah. or Joaquin Phoenix and Reese Witherspoon. Reese Witherspoon Great. won the uh, the Best Actress. As June Carter. And uh, um, Joaquin. I'm sorry, Joaquin did not win as he should have. Yeah, he did. He lost win. to... Uh, I'm sorry, I'm just, they're just not coming off the top of my head, but he lost to the guy that portrayed Andy Warhol. Oh, wow. Remember the Andy Warhol movie? They did a... Philip Seymour Hoffman? Philip Seymour Hoffman. He won the Best Actor Award that year, and everyone was mad because Joaquin should have won. Yeah. Yep. Uh, He doesn't know our kind of What was that? What's, no, I, I don't know. She's, she mumbled something. I don't know. I didn't hear her. What story did Steve want to tell? <laughs> Sorry, what's that? What story did Steve want to tell? Yeah, well, you were going to tell me something on the break. Is that appropriate for the show? Oh, yeah. It's not. Just one of the funny things that happened over the years at the Hogfrith. So this guy's on the deck, and he gets knocked out, right? And he, 
I go out there, I gave him a sternum rub, and I get him up, and I go, what happened? And he goes, I don't know, he says, but the guy didn't have nothing to back it up. <laughs> and I start laughing a little bit, you know, and I said, what are you talking about? And he says, I don't know, I was arguing with this guy, and all of a sudden, you, you, or you're talking to me, but the guy was gone, he must not have had nothing to back it up. And I said, okay. I said, probably you'll, you're good. I checked him out, and I said, probably should go home. He goes home, comes in the next day, and he goes, man, I must have got hit last night. He says, my face really hurts. <laughs> he didn't remember <laughs> he didn't any of it. He didn't even know he got knocked out. Uh, he didn't have nothing to back it up. No, the guy didn't He's have so On his back. For six months, we would all laugh and say, the guy didn't have nothing to back it up. <laughs> That is fantastic. It must have been a fast punch because he obviously didn't see it. <laughs> he didn't see it. Hit or he got hit by one of his buddies because that can happen too. <laughs> yeah, you betcha. But I'll never forget that. He... That makes me more mad than anything. You know, all the years yeah. in the bar businesses. I don't know if you know, Steve, but the bar business is in my family. My uncle is Rich Defoe, Richie Rich. Oh, right. I, so, I know him well. He's a good guy. Yeah, I so like Sharks, him. Waterworks, um, Club Cancun, He's like all that stuff. He's been a friend of mine for years. Yeah, so he, uh, you know, so I've been kind of. I didn't know that. We oh. should have him on one of the shows. Rich? Yeah. Yeah, we could. Yeah. He's I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't do country, but he could yeah, talk about the talk bar business. talk about anything. Yeah. Yeah, it's it really funny. So I was having a conversation with him like, I don't know how many years ago this was. It must have been at least a decade ago, 15 years ago, a lot, maybe 20 years ago, when I was thinking about getting in the bar business. I was thinking about opening up a, a spot because I, you know, was DJing at all these places and really loved it. And everybody, right. in the, you know, everybody in the business knew me at that time. And I was like, it'd be great to just open up, even if it's not a, like a big club, like one of his, something like that. Right. And so I'm talking to him on the phone and I'm like, Hey, I'm like, Hey, Unc, you know, give me some wisdom, the pearls, like, just tell me the, help me to avoid making all the mistakes that you made, you know, just let's skip to the end here and get right to success. He goes, I got one, you know, word of advice for you, nephew. And, he, and I was like, all right, I'm, I'm listening. I'm like on the phone, listen real close. And that's exactly what he said. He goes, don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> he goes, don't think about it. It's a absolute shit show. It's a lot of work. It's pain and suffering. It's a lot of frustration. He says, you think you work a lot now? Wait till you own a nightclub or own a bar. It's nonstop. You're never off the clock kind of thing. I was yeah. great friends with Rich for many years. I did a lot of consulting with Rich. Uh, back in his early days, and uh, we maintained a wonderful friendship over the years. I haven't seen him in a long time. No, me neither. But yeah, it would be fun to have Rich on the show. Yeah, yeah. he showed me great respect. Good man. He is a good man. He'd be quite the character to yeah. have on. You bet. Oh boy, what's this? What's going on with this one here? Road Warriors, oh, right? Yeah, I was bartending at a club with him and Hawk. And uh, well, that's is that Animal? Back. Is that right, Animal? Yeah. That's Annabelle and then Hawk, and he's he's behind me. We're, we were bartending. What bar was this? You guys were bartending? That was, that was uh, Marsh's bar. Oh, really? Yep, Marsh's bar. Downstairs? Down, downstairs, yep. I worked there for a while. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's an 80s wrestling throwback. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They were big boys, I'll tell you that. They were pretty big. We had them come out to Elgato's in River yep. Falls. Yeah. Hawk and Animal. Man, the people turned out for that. I was they were out wildly there a popular. few times, too. And in I your Hank gear? Huh? In your Hank gear? I came on out yep, with Hank a couple times. Yeah, Steve was out there. You know, we used to have a, just loved the guy. And he used to be a running back for the Vikings, Darren Nelson. 
Oh yeah, yes. back in that day, number twenty, if I believe, is that right? Twenty. What's that? He's number twenty, wasn't he? I think so. Darren was a yeah. Great Kyle guy. would know. Kyle, Darren Nelson, number twenty. Speaking of Kyle, Kyle, did you so. ever find that photo of uh, Hank Jr.'s wife with the Hawaiian Tropic? Do we have that one? There, oh, there she is. is. Oh, you betcha. What's her name? I don't remember. I don't either. Kyle uh, had her name. I can't remember. Yeah, when you Give get us. One moment. Yeah, look and see if they're still together because that was something that. That yeah, came up in conversation. It's like he only had one. Audrey. It shows that they, they're still married from what I saw. Good for them. That's awesome. That's right. Well, you have to be a patient woman to marry any celebrity. Is she yeah. a Dolly impersonator? <laughs> no, she was a Hawaiian Tropic swimsuit competition finalist. What is the deal with her purse? Is it round? Sorry, it's a catch. Mary Jane Thomas. Weird to me. Mary Jane Thomas. Mary yep, Jane. There it is. S- seems to me in this conversation, you mentioned that uh, old Bo Cephas liked to partake in a little Mary Jane. Is it Mary Jane like a euphemism for marijuana? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he does all kinds of things. Or at least he used to. He used to, yeah. He's. Uh, you got to remember, he's a couple years older than you and I. I. Know. So he's just about he had 70 to slow then. down. Yeah, well, that happens to everybody, right? Yeah. You enjoy it while it you happened can to me. It happened to him. Oh, I'm definitely in a slower lane than I used to be. Oh, here we go. Reba. You and Reba. Reba, yep. I had a shtick that I used to do at the at the Hogger when we were doing the Rowdy Cowboy show. She's really cool. Where I talk about, I'd be like, look, I would love to be with Reba, and I don't even care that she's 105. <laughs> <laughs> You know, when we when I met her, she said, you're way better looking than Hank. Ah, <laughs> yes. She did. Fantastic. You don't get a compliment from somebody better than Reba. Oh, shit. How would he take her. that? She's good. <laughs> yeah, well, he he probably doesn't watch this podcast. Maybe you will, and then he'll, he'll get a call. No, I know. He, I think he knows about it. <clears throat> That's funny. That is fantastic. So in the modern generation, we he was hinting about all the different names you've had over the years. So at the in our era of Rowdy Cowboy Show, obviously Steve, you're still working at Hog's Breath at the time. Danny, you're going to have to do uh, some master editing on the next few uh, comments here. I think. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I got a bleeper. We would always, you know, we would look for ways that we could make different people or different elements at the at the club part of the show that was part of the thing right right because you'd have regulars or you'd have celebrities that would pop in and say hi or you know other local djs or whatever you know always make a point to like you know give them a little love while you're in the show right a shout right. out right right so we always and still do obviously love steve have always loved steve forever you know decades <laughs> love him but you make love to him that seems weird <laughs> hey watch it Watch it. Uh, so anyway, so every Monday night, you know, Steve's up there working the front door. He's doing IDs or whatever. And we would joke because there's a TV screen right above the table that he's at. I was watching. People are coming in. So he'd have, you know, his shows that he would watch on Mondays. 
And uh, so we used to always joke about how we'd get later in the night and we'd start calling him Sleepy Steve because <laughs> he'd get real comfortable in that chair and lean back in it a little. And the, as soon as you'd see the arms cross, you knew oh, he was you knew he was getting tired. All the other televisions had a, had a sporting event on and yes. his had soap operas on. No, oh, didn't. Westerns. Our joke was always he's watching reruns of Murder, She Wrote. <laughs> so he'd always be like, there's Sleepy Steve up there with his cup full of Metamucil. I had her under control. <laughs> Drinking his Metamucil, watch a murder she wrote. Oh, no. I, like had drunk. I so, couldn't sleep. Everybody that came in said, hey, Steve, what's up? Yep. So the funny thing is, is every week we do this, obviously, became part of the show, was part of the act. And when we would do it, he didn't have a mic, but you could hear him all across the bar, even with music <laughs> in the background. He'd be back there and be like, fuck you, bitch. <laughs> every single week, it was the best. So yeah. at the point where it was like, that was almost more entertaining than whatever we were going to say. That's the truth. It was hilarious. So Sleepy Steve, <laughs> how many times have you heard that, Cowboy Pat? Thousands, Thousands of times, Thousands. yeah. There we go. Yeah, we had a lot of nicknames for We had a lot of nicknames for him up, uh, up in the hunting camp. <laughs> you son of a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Breaks it and throws it like pitches it. Like Abby, you know, I should tell that story because please that, do. That is unbelievable. I'm and just I, like, I, feel I do like have what? to hand it to Steve on two accounts. He didn't kill me, first of all. And anyway, we were just being stupid. Yeah, I took a Tom Collins glass, and this is really going to show some ignorance on my behalf. But we I were, shouldn't even tell, we, but we were young and we dumb, were and we we're screwing around, and we we're partying. I'm at the door end of the bar. He's at the other end of the bar, and that whole soffit wasn't even there. And I broke a glass and I threw it at him. And I like was a fastball. And Tom's a former professional baseball player, yeah. so this is coming at you hot. And hot. I'm noticing, man, that's headed right for his head. And he goes like this, Bing! and he caught that glass. He caught the bottom of the glass like that. You dirty! He looks at me, and I'm like. I'm going to die. <laughs> you I'm got like, the same look. Well, first I'm stunned that I was stupid enough to do that. Then I was like blown away that he actually caught the thing before it hit his head and never even cut himself. And then the third thing was he didn't charge down there and beat me up. He just threw it in the trash can and went back to business. Wow. <laughs> wow. I'll just never another, forget it. Another day at the office. <laughs> so did you, when you, he yelled at you, so you look up and you see this glass coming? Yeah. And just, and I went boom, and he caught it. Your ninja reflexes. And, and I said, you son of a bitch. So it's Lord. a busted glass, and you got to catch it out of midair. Oh, here yeah. we go. Yeah. Oh, look at that old picture. Oh, boy. Cowboy Pat's in there, Big Steve, myself. This is 2014. Oh, 2014. So this, Shane. This must have been just a regular Rowdy Cowboy show, and you came in to visit, huh? Uh, yeah, because I don't have a cowboy hat on. Yep. And yep. We must have just all been there. I I don't remember that picture, but us that's a good three, one. You were there too, so I actually took that picture. To oh, did you? Yeah, that's from my phone. Oh, fun! You think Pat's got a thing for motorcycles because he's wearing a Harley Davidson shirt in that oh, photo? He's wearing one right now. I love him. Well, he's got a Harley Davidson. Yeah, he does. Yeah, fantastic. Two of them. Who's that this in the background there? Sleepy Steve. <laughs> this that might have been a Pat you, thing because this, this, I have another picture of Pat taking a shot on, I don't know, March of 14. Okay, you got it? I like it. Look how young Travis and I look. Baby faces. What year is that? I don't know. She said 14. 14? Wow. Wow. I feel, uh, wow. 
I feel a little empathy for the people that uh, don't watch the video of our show because quite often we're looking at things on the screen and they don't get to see it. And I guess that's just the nature of things. Demon Ever. Travis, look at those eyes. Look at that. Now he is a, a what do you call them? Vampire. Vampire. This is this has to be like early RCS because you can see it's our original logo there. Yeah. That was the first logo that we came up with or Danny created for us. Where's your logo? Over on the on the right left screen. You guys. That was a damn rowdy. I'm drinking MGD. Is that MGD? Yep. Sure is. Travis's eyes get that way when he loses his pants. <laughs> I don't see him hanging up behind him, so this must have been early in the night. Oh, yeah. Oh, one of Maggie's specials. One of Tomcat like specials. Oh, you, that, you, Jack Daniels and Southern Comfort. You created oh, that. Jim, yeah. Beam, Jim Beam and Southern Comfort. Well, then it turned to Jack Daniels. And, yeah, we came in. It was like Beam is out the door. Sorry, Jim. Yeah. That's right. I think, uh, Nothing I, wrong with bourbon. I love bourbon. I couldn't stand either one of them. All them times you made me drink them, I couldn't stand it. <laughs> well, I liked it. <laughs> It's amazing how your body gets fine-tuned to whatever, yeah. Yeah, because some people are tequila people, and they can drink 10 shots of tequila, but they can't drink other stuff. I'm like that. My wife's a big tequila person. She can't have whiskey, and I like tequila, but I can drink a dozen shots of whiskey just about and well, my heyday and walk out of the bar almost stone-cold sober. Right. But you give me two shots of tequila, and you're carrying me out. It's weird how your body just, like, acclimates to that. I had that same thing. That is. I had the same thing with Jack and Jim. I could drink a ton of Jack, but I have, you know, a few Jim drinks or whatever, and I'd be hammered. They wrote a song about that, about that tequila and Big C, how tequila makes its clothes fall off. Something about clothes coming off? (laughs) (laughs) No, I'll tell you. Actually, I think that was any form of alcohol. Ah. We were. See, you and Travis had that in common. We went and seen Jimmy Buffett, me and Tom Tom DeRay one night. And uh, we, I was fine. We drank a lot, and I was fine till we got back to the Hogs Breath, and we got that um, the new tequila, the Patron. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, I had, I have to drink his shot too because the guy's such a wimp. But <laughs> you talking about this guy? <laughs> no, Tom Dre. Oh, so he tasted it because we hadn't tasted it before. It just came out. He tastes it, and he goes, here, you finished that way in. So I drank that one and that one, and I actually had a headache in the morning. And that's the only time in my life I've ever had drank. Tommy Duray and tequila did not mix. No. He no. would have kicked people within 15 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> I can't wait to give him a hard time about the kicking people. Like, I'm an old martial artist myself. I trained for 15 years. Yeah. I had a first degree in traditional Taekwondo and then a third degree in Americanized Taekwondo and dabbled a little in American and Muay Thai kickboxing. Right on. And uh, so for you to say he's just kicking people and, and oh. you were talking about him jumping up and kicking stuff, I was like, that's not like a page out of my book. I used to do that too. <laughs> Jump up and kick stuff randomly. <laughs> like, I don't know, maybe it's a martial arts thing. It's a show-off thing and yeah. that's good. Yeah. Of course it's a martial arts thing. Gosh, martial arts. is So I, did, I got all the way up to a yellow belt. In the all the way up. <laughs> he's not telling you yellow belt's the second one in the line. Yeah, mover and a shaker. <laughs> It, it was white before the bathroom. Below. Yes, it was a white belt and then a yellow belt. Wait a minute. I got an orange belt. Oh, boy. Right up there. So in the lo- watch out. But I can Step imagine, three of 12. He I got that after people that have uh, gone through the martial arts. Times and faded. Mm. <laughs> I can imagine being a martial arts guy and having a few too many and then wanting to 
Oh, yeah. Look at Elvis. You think you're invincible. Yeah. But look what I can do. <laughs> that was Tommy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. That is so funny. It is. So yep. funny tequila story for you, boys. Yeah. Just uh, now that Tom can actually talk about it on the episode, took my wife on a surprise trip to Mexico. She graduated uh, with her doctorate in uh, the middle of April. So I surprised her at her graduation ceremony with this trip that I had been planning for over a year. So local celebrity musician Chris Brooks, he and his wife Lisa are friends of ours. They own a condominium, um, two-story condo that's like breathtaking right on the ocean. And this little um, fishing community called Sayulita, which is just north of Puerto Vallarta. Right. So Chris and I got our heads together a year and a half ago, and I said, hey, I, I, I'm thinking since you own this condo, and when they're not using it, they rent it out kind of like a B&B right. to, to friends and family. I was like, I'd love to you know, use it for a week as a surprise gift to my wife when she graduates in 2021. And he was like, yeah, we can definitely do that. Anyway, so we book it, figure it all out. I get the flights arranged, everything like that. And then she graduates, and I surprise her with it. We go down there. So we're down in, in Mexico in Sayulita, and, you know, they're, they don't drink much whiskey there. Their whiskey sele- selection is pretty limited, obviously. Right. Most of what they have is clearly tequila because right. they have just in that little area where Puerto Vallarta is, just kind of around there, there's got to be half a dozen tequila distilleries and farms and all that stuff where they make all the stuff for it. Yep. We were going to do a tour for it, but didn't end up having time. So anyway, so the, like, I think it was the second or third night we were down there because we were going out and having drinks and stuff every night. No, no kids and you yeah, know, throw, know. throw caution to the wind. You know, I'm, we got a golf cart. That's how you get around down there. And there's no drinking and driving on a golf cart in Mexico. I'll tell you what. <laughs> oh yeah. I'd still be in jail if that were true. <laughs> so anyway, right. Right. People are hammered at night, you know, hammered. So we're in this bar and they, all the bars always had a lot of different, tequi- they had a big variety of tequila and they'd, they'd always separate the stuff. And it, for, the first night that we went out, I didn't catch on right away and I'm not a tequila guy. So I'd say, okay, well, give me the Jack. They had one label of Jack. I'll have that. And then Emily would have some tequila. Um, second or third night we're out and we started catching on. Okay. They got all the local tequilas and then the good tequila on like the second shelf or the third shelf for the, Right. This, you know, like the, so all the locals know you go to those shelves yeah. when you're going to have a drink and all the like, you know, Americanos, the gringos or whatever they would call them, the touristy white people, the crackers, they'd come in and they'd look right at the Jose shelf and they'd have like three or four different Jose labels and, <laughs> oh, I'll have that one. Or, or the bartender would say, you know, they're having a tequila sunrise. Well, which tequila do you want? And the bartender would point at the Jose's. Oh, I want that one. Yeah. Oh, it's so funny because you but can see the bartenders it, like snicker with the wait staff. Like, was hey, the hey, local uh, tequila not very good? Oh, awesome. It was awesome. Awesome. Then why weren't people drinking it? Because they didn't know. They were just like, oh. all they know was Jose because from the yeah. U.S. I remember a guy down in Mexico, down in Cancun. He just couldn't believe he couldn't get a Patron everywhere he went. I can't find a Patron. And the guy says, you're in Mexico. And the guy says, I know I'm in Mexico. <laughs> why can't I get Patron? He says, because they make it in America. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes, what? I, the the only, guy was borderline obnoxious about it. The only um, label that I recognized, other than the Jose stuff, was they did have some Don Julio. But otherwise, all of them were local brands, and they had some really like high-end stuff. They had this one bottle that was like way up in one of the clubs we were in, bars, that was like in a glass-locked case. Oh. And I asked the bartender, and I don't speak any Spanish, 
Um, that's that's like of lore because I would joke about it at the shows. You know, Yo Hablo Espanol. I don't speak any any Spanish. My wife speaks some because she took it for years in school and college. So she's basically helping us out. So we asked the bartender, you know, what's the deal with that one? And he was trying to say it's a very special tequila. It's a high-end, sort of like a King Louis brandy, right. like high-end. And I was like, well, how much is it? And so for them in pesos, it's like a million dollars. But in American, it's like, I think, 25 bucks or 30 bucks a shot, which is pretty expensive. Oh, you bet it is there. But within reason to try it. Yeah, it was like 600 pesos. So that would be 30 American. Um, and so I'd already had a few drinks. We'd already had supper and all that stuff and i was like let's get that thing out you know yeah i gotta try it we're in mexico right like get the pesos out if i need more i'll go to the cash machine so i was like let's have one for me and one for emily and i bought the bartender a shot and he was like really i'm like absolutely let's do it that's great i guess it doesn't happen that much but so he was super cool actually because when we paid out our tab he came over and he and he just said i've had so much fun talking to you guys i took my shot off of your bill um, mm-hmm. and I was like, no, I wanted to buy you a shot. And he's like, it's totally fine. It's okay. It's okay. So when he walked away, I took the 600 pesos that I would have paid for a shot and I left it as a tip. Right on. So I was like, yeah, man. So was the tequila good? Oh, it was amazing. <laughs> it was so incredibly smooth. So tequila has this defining flavor, right? Yeah. No matter what, whether it's Añejo or Mezcal or Patron or yeah. even like, you know, the worst of the worst, like Jose Cuervo or Cuervo Gold, like the bottom of the barrel. It has a very distinct taste where you know it's yep, tequila. You know it's tequila. Yeah. So this was like you had that very subtle there with that, but it almost came off as sweet, and it was so incredibly smooth. Really? Yeah. So M, um, for whatever reason, only wanted a little bit of hers because she'd had a few other drinks and didn't want to be drunk. So she like hers is just sitting there. I wasn't gonna let it go to waste. <laughs> I was like, "You're not. You're gonna drink that?" And she was like, "I, I think I've had enough." And I'm like, well, "You're." Pour it into my glass. I'll drink it. Well, that's a good tequila story. Oh, it was so good. So, yeah. Tell them about the night that you drank tequila and you woke up the next day and your knees were all just bloody. That never happened. <laughs> <laughs> Pat, you know you, what? Can you confirm that happened? You know what did happen is I ate the worm <laughs> yeah. in that bottle up at Wee Fest and uh, a couple worms, and it, it actually gets you screwed up. Anyway, the only So what tequila son, has the worm in it? Um, mezcal. Mezcal. Okay. And, and uh, it does screw you up because I remember feeling really high. Well, it's probably like and completely soaked through. this kid was messing with me and just, you know, probably 16 years old or so. And he kept messing with me, messing with me. Finally, I broke a branch off and I took it. He had a winter coat on. Yeah. And I hung him in the tree and I ended up being some, one of the boss's sons. Oh, really? Yeah, I almost got in trouble, <laughs> but I didn't hurt him or nothing. Right. I just said, uh, you stay here. You're for annoying. Hang here <laughs> for a minute. Yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah, that was yeah. Probably 98 or so. Yeah, I remember that. that <laughs> I think it was. Next uh, time Cowboy Pat comes, we better get him a microphone. Yeah, we Danny and I have already been talking hey, about how we've got to expand our setup a little bit because we'll probably get some, even if we want to have musical groups Because I want to be polite and tell him to shut up over there, but. He keeps talking, and we're sitting here listening, and the people are wondering. Hey, I said in the beginning to? he was going to be heckling. <laughs> we warned everybody. He's here on unheckled detail. Right. I love him. I love Steve. And God you dang it, too, this is brother. a fun deal. I know we got to bring her in for a landing pretty we soon. Do. Yep. Yep. We just got the warning from the producer over there. We're getting up against the clock. Steve, as much as we've, as much fun as we've had having you here, 
I hope that you will come back and join oh. us again for another episode. I'll tell you. You know, Heckler. Probably heckler, barely scratch the surface heckler. here. Yeah. yeah. Um, 40, what we're going to do. 43 years in the bar business, there's been a lot of stories. I think what. At least 16, 17 years worth of <laughs> Pat, they can't hear you. <laughs> we can hear you because you're in the room, but they can't hear you on mic. Um, Danny, please edit that out. Um, <laughs> I'm going to name next... this episode, Danny, please edit this out. Yeah, That's you can hear that. Uh, could be, could be Steve-O, I think what we'll do is when we do the reunion, we're going to do a podcast. and unless Which we're not we have... dropping details on in this episode, by the way. Yeah, well. Somebody asked about that earlier. Like, no, we have a, there is a reunion coming. We're not releasing any more There is a reunion yet. coming, and there is a WeFest kickoff party coming. Combo play. We will continue to drop details as we go. Yep. But I'm thinking when we do that reunion. We'll ship it to you, Tom. We'll <laughs> ship it to uh, the rest of the folks that are my age. <laughs> Have you heard that story? No. We were having a conversation about tr- trading information oh, in the group for yeah. the team uh, that works the podcast. And we were, he was trying to say, send me an email or I'll send it over email or whatever. And he was like, just ship it to me. And we were all looking at each other and we're like, ship it to you. And then I like, stop it. I go, you mean like FedEx or UPS? I mean like slang. <laughs> you know, ship yeah. it. Just ship it. Send it over to me. I said, ship it over to me. Oh, that's right. That I, I know that you will get guys. that. Ship She's young. <laughs> what the hell was I talking about? <laughs> so when we do that episode, yep. maybe we'll have Steve and Tommy on and we'll get the true stories, they can banter back and forth, oh, right. and they can argue and they can fight it out, and we can get some of the true stories, but that wouldn't be a bad day See who's lost their to memory. have both of them on at the same time. I'd like you think that. so? Hey, Maybe if brothers. we combine your two stories together, we'll oh, get yeah. the actual truth out of it, huh? <laughs> Do you think that's a good idea, Shane? I think it's a great idea. I think uh, you know, for that particular show, when we start getting into detail and we market it and announce it to the public, yeah. You know, what we'll probably do is start mixing in all the personalities. Pat can take a seat for a few minutes and Ricky yeah, St. John and Shooter and Steve and Tom. And, you know, we'll get yeah, that's we'll a little, really good idea. little segment the for all the guys crew, to talk about it. All. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll just spend that whole show talking about RCS and its history. And yeah, that would be really great. Right. Go way back. Get the way back machine. All right. Folks, thanks a lot for tuning in to this week's episode of Boots and Backstraps. And uh, we apologize, not in advance, because we're not in advance, but we apologize post for all of the inappropriate language and stories and stuff we had in this one. But we did warn you on the front side. That was the I way this was going to go. keep them calm. <laughs> he did his best to keep us under control. Uh, don't forget, if you've got questions, comments, um, snide remarks, you can send those to Boots and Backstraps podcast at Gmail. We love seeing your uh, fan comments and questions and things like that there so do that and uh if you're on whether you're on the list one of the listening platforms like spotify or apple Podcasts, google play any of those places make sure you give us a thumbs up and a like uh, make sure you leave us a comment on our videos if you're on a one of our video platforms make sure that you subscribe to those as well we love having the, the subscribers and the following with that kind of thing and with that tk <laughs> remember folks whether you're belting out your favorite country song or you're pursuing your favorite game animal, I encourage you to use that same passion to pursue the Lord. He will teach you to shoot straight. Good to have you this week. I look forward to seeing you next week. Come on now. Honey's on looking for backstraps way deep in the woods. Tracking in a swamp to a hay field under the harvest moon. 
When the tags are filled, it's time to switch up our boots. Head down to the honky tonk, get us a swing dance or two. We're talking about boots and back straps.